come back to again and again and again with the attempt to reach the purification of you is the understanding that the object itself is clear if you don't try to get the object to do something in order to support the idea of a single, lasting, and independent self. If I don't self-reference it, it's clear. If I don't object-reference it, it's clear. If I don't object-reference it, bliss is the state that arises. If I don't try to own it, bliss is the state that arises. So, this third purification, the purification of you, has a particular exercise connected to it, which helps break down the object-subject barrier, which you need to develop in order to see the nature of this dialogue. And so this is called the knowledge of nama-rupa, the knowledge of the relationship between nama and rupa, rupa nama. It's called the first stage of insight. It's the development of stages of insight. It's the first stage of insight. But I just want you to know that meditation came before yoga. This is historically true. Yoga was to lead you into meditation, learning how to sit still and be present. That's one aspect of learning to bring consciousness into contact with nama rupa, one way of doing it. There are many, many, many different ways, but all of them are bringing you into contact for the relationship between the mind, nama, and the body, rupa and the dialogue between mind and body and body and mind. This was laid out long before the Buddha started teaching. Nama means the mind, name. In English it becomes nama, name. Mana is consciousness, so nama, mana, the consciousness that names is human. The naming consciousness is a human consciousness. I name, I'm conscious. The rupa part is the body, the senses, rupa nama. Now, in this first stage of insight, in this third purification of view, it's too hard to try to sort through all the views because they just come like speeding trains. It's too hard to separate out all the objects because when an object comes, we tend to grasp it or push it away. Or the minute an object comes into consciousness, we tend to get on the train, don't we? We leave the shepherding. We leave the sheep. We get on that train, and we're on our way to Chicago, Detroit. New York, London, Paris, around the world, the moon, the stars, we're gone. 20 minutes later, you go, oh, I was supposed to be meditating on my sheep breath. <laughs> what happened to my sheep breath? I left my poor sheep. Imagine what kind of shepherd you guys would be in meditation. <laughs> Here, all you have to do is watch Nama Rupa, you know, five little sheep, right, and one little shepherd. And you got on a jet plane, and you were off to... You know, International Buddhist Federation Conference of Scandinavia giving the guest lecture to the, all the most important bigwigs in the entire universe and getting big award, you know, success reward. And then, in fact, that's what you do. The minute you're meditating, you start thinking about your sister. Ooh, the sheep are gone. They've all got, the wolves have got them. What are your five sheep? Your five senses. Your ear door, your eye door, your nose door, your tongue door and your uh, tactile door, your touch door. And so your five senses, including the mind as a cognizant sense, not as an ego, but as a, a functioning mind, is the sixth sense, a mind that uh, acknowledges perception, uh, that kind of mind. 
So these five senses, six senses, and your self-referencing consciousness, the naming door, nama, rupa, rupa, nama. So in this stage of insight practice, all you're really doing is naming or recognizing or acknowledging in, in actuality what is happening at this moment. Is it a visual sense or a mental sense? Listening. Listening. So that would be rupa. Now, right now. Right when I pointed my finger. Visual, that's rupa. Is it a physical sensation or a mental cognizance? Mental, that's nama. In the process of meditating, you, you start to distinguish between whether it's nama or rupa. Nama or rupa. Nama or rupa. What does this keep you from doing, supposedly? It keeps you from getting on the airplane. You're staying with it. You're staying with the senses or you're staying with the mind. You're staying with the senses, you're staying with the mind. You're not going into story. Storyline is object mind. Object mind is lost mind. Maybe a very interesting story that you're in, but nevertheless, you're not here. Right now, you're sitting here. You're just here, right? Your sister isn't here. Your kids aren't here. Your ex-husband isn't here, so on, so on, so on. What is here is you sitting in this place experiencing presence that's sensorial or mental. How does it read to you? Not sure? Sensorial? Fine. If you're not sure, that's good. You know, I'm not sure. That's good. You're meditating. It's not like you've got to know. Oh my, was this mental or is this physical? Is this, I don't know, which came first? Did the mental come first or did the physical come first? Sometimes nama precedes nama. Sometimes a mental formation precedes a mental formation. Sometimes a physical formation precedes a physical formation. Sometimes a physical precedes a physical precedes a physical precedes a mental precedes a physical. Now this seems really boring, right? But curiously enough, the degree at which you can adhere or uh, hold yourself, if I can put it that way, in this place, the clearer and clearer consciousness gets. Because it's no longer involved in storyline objects, which by definition can't be clear. Because all of the objects relate back to what? The self, which is, in, in the view of the self, it is single, lasting, independent. These are illusions. The minute it's about object, about self, you're in illusory consciousness because there is no single, lasting, independent self. And so by bringing it back to Namarupa, bringing it back to Namarupa, you're actually bringing consciousness back to the shepherd point. You know, it's like, can, can you watch six feet without wandering off? And then the mind part is the recognition of it. Oh, this is good. So the point isn't that you get it all sorted out. This is very important for you to understand. It doesn't matter whether or not one precedes the other or one follows the other, and it doesn't matter whether you always get it right, but what it does do is by bringing yourself into the knowledge of nama-rupa, mind-body, for easy reference, mind-body, mind-body, you bring yourself into present time, you bring yourself into the present space, and you start to learn something very, very interesting, because the next purification is the purification of overcoming doubt. And in this stage, the, st the, the step of insight that's involved in here is the law of karma, the law of cause and effect. So now that I start to see the relationship between nama rupa, I start to discern the cause-effect relationships. 
As I start to discern the cause-effect relationships, my doubts are overcome. I don't have doubt now, because I see the cause-effect relationship of Nama preceded Nama preceded Rupa preceded Nama produced this. Does that make sense to you? It starts to sort itself out. This preceded this preceded this, and this is where I am. I was walking down the street. I thought of my brother, Nama. Right? My brother didn't send me a birthday present, Nama. Right? I'm pissed at my brother, Nama. Now I'm in a state of anger, Nama. My pulse is racing. My heart's pets. Rupa, how did I get here? Nama, 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 Rupa. I know exactly how I got here. I know the causes and effects that got me here, and I know why I'm there, and I know why I'm still there because I'm clinging to what? I'm clinging to a single, lasting, independent illusion called me, and another one called my brother, and another thing saying that uh, my welfare is dependent upon a object which was the present. It's clear as a bell. Nama Rupa leads you to the understanding of cause and effect. Nama Rupa teaches you the purification of view. Cause and effect teaches you overcoming doubt. And now your doubts are overcome because you see how the thing works. With that, mental clarity becomes clear and clear, and you don't have to know anything about physics to do it. You never have had to learn how to turn on a computer to do it. You never have to learn how to fix an automobile to do it, or you never have to learn how to sort out your income tax to do it. In other words, you don't have to be quote-unquote smart. In fact, in some ways, being smart is a big curse. Why is that? Anybody want to venture a guess? Yeah, and you get these really clever dialogues going on, left, right, and center, and you completely miss the law of cause and effect. You completely miss Nama Rupa, and you end up in states that are very, very clever, but are rooted in unwholesomeness, non-virtue, or at very best, they're not in a state of bliss, clarity, non-clinging awareness. And this is what we reward. We reward people in our society who are capable of distracting us, confusing us, and driving us to get on the airplane to some future better state, a Porsche 950, or a trip to Hawaii. Now, I'm not, as I said, nothing against going a Porsche 950 if there is such a thing, is it? Or getting on a plane to Hawaii. But Unless you get onto that plane to Hawaii going nama, 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 rupa, cause and effect, nama, nama, rupa, getting on the plane, sitting in the chair, hot, stuffy, no space, rupa, 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 right? Nama going up, up, nama getting frustrated, nama getting irritated, nama getting short, rupa, no air. With this, you have moved into the uh, fourth stage of purification and the second stage of insight. And there's 16 stages of insight and seven stages of purification. And I'm not going to go into them all. But you get, you get your direction. You get your, you get your vehicle focused. And the number one thing that you need to do this is you need to get over you. You really need to get over yourself. In the sense that you will not find satisfaction in the realm of selfness because the self is in relationship to what? Seven billion other selves who have their own ideas about how it should work. You get temporary satisfaction, temporary meeting of desires, temporary fulfillments of wishes, but the deep 
depth satisfaction of bliss clarity non-clinging, your neighbor, comes when it's not tied to other people, and it's not tied to objects, and it's not tied to conditional factors that are subject to loss, that aren't independent, that aren't single. 